Hey, yo, it's Josh Williams here, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 73 for Wednesday, October 3rd, 2018. How are you guys doing? Welcome, onesies. I had a hell of a time in between the uh, the shows. Last, uh, last week, I recorded on a Monday because I was leaving on Tuesday. Why? Because I was doing some shows at the JFL 42 uh, as part of the JFL 42 Festival in Toronto. I was doing a Best of Absolute Comedy uh, showcases. Uh, what else? I did some Kanga rides in the interim of that. I did some featuring here in Ottawa. I bought a vehicle. Yes. Um, I'm going to read your emails, all sorts of things. Guys, there's so much shit to talk about this week. It's going to be a long one, so buckle up. I'm recording this on Tuesday as always, but I'm doing it in the uh, mid to late afternoon, so I'm earlier than normal. Did get up very early today, do the usual Uber thing, but I got up earlier than normal, out and uh, and on time, so feeling good about that. I got a new little setup here. I got a bit of a little, I don't know what the hell you call it. They call it a lap desk or whatever, but I can extend it so it sits next to me. So I have yet another desk next to me just in case I feel like Googling something on my computer or if I start running my mouth and uh, and realize I don't really know what I'm talking about. Maybe we can get some real answers without me having to, you know, mess up the area in front of me. I can sort of, I can move to the side here. And then what happens is the fucking, uh, the mic, it swivels. So I just swivel the mic over here and now look, we're still regular. It's not me talking down or anything like that. I can just sit and, you know, shoot the shit well while expanding my mind and learning things on the interweb, right? Which is where we know all forms of truth come from. <laughs> so, uh, so getting right into it guys. Um, geez, how do I, how do I start with such a fucking huge week? Um, I, uh, I went to, I did my kangaroo ride to Toronto on Tuesday. That was a lot of fun. Um, in the sense that Jesus, I, I don't even want this to be a short episode. I got so much to talk about, but at the same time, I can't really go off about everything or it's going to just take absolutely forever. So, um, I'll start with the, the, the kangaroo ride to Toronto. All right. On my way there was, uh, was odd. Um, only not, not the ride itself, but just the preparation for it because, I didn't have any passengers set up till like, you know, the night before at midnight, I thought I'm like, well, I'm about to drive to Toronto at my own cost. So I, I set up something on Monday. I may have mentioned it in the last podcast that I jumped on Kijiji and posted the ride there and was like, Hey, you know, um, anybody looking for a ride to Toronto, let me know. So what ended up happening was I booked, I think I had uh, three people booked via Kijiji or maybe it was just two, who cares? Everyone was inquiring about rides. That was the thing. Everyone was asking about rides and Kijiji. Hey, you still got room? Um, yes, I do. Absolutely. Just responding to all these things. But like, you know, would you like the space? And then no response. So um, I was worried that I would have a bunch of different, um, you know, people interested in rides and, you know, maybe not enough space. So whatever. I, I eventually got it figured out. I had the uh, the right number. And as per usual, uh, a few no-shows. So I actually only had two passengers on my way to Toronto. Uh, one of them was a super quiet dude who looked kind of like a serial killer. I'm trying to think of anybody in movies at all. He looked like uh, like a Middle Eastern Brendan Fraser. Shorter, still your hair, but in the face, very Brendan Fraser. <laughs> but he just sat quietly, didn't really say anything the entire fucking ride. The gentleman next to me, um, he was from Paris, Paris, France. 
And we had, uh, you know, a great conversation the whole way. He was a great kid traveling here in Canada. He was mentioning one of the things that stood out the most, like we talked about everything. We talked about the catacombs under Paris. We talked about, you know, gypsies and pickpockets and things like that. Cause that's something I hear about all the time from people who travel is you got to watch out for the gypsies and the pickpockets and the crime and stuff like that in Paris. Um, fuck what else? Uh, we talked about war. We talked about, um, you know, just the different uh, countries in the area. Like that, one of the biggest things that stood out to me is like, he was like, how long is the, is the how long is the drive to uh, Toronto? Cause he had that, that proper French accent, right? He wasn't like from Quebec. He wasn't like, bang, how fucking long there till we get to the Toronto. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, it was fun. Hey, Josh, why not just make fun of your neighbors needlessly? Um, so he was, he was saying how, like, you know, asking how long the ride was. I said, ah, it's about four, four and a half hours to Toronto. And he goes, Whoa. That's a very long time in the car. I go, that's how long it takes to get to Toronto. I go, everything's like minimum two hours. He's like, yes, back in France, you know, you drive four hours in any drive. You drive to 15 towns and, you know, it's, you're, you're in a different, you know, two, 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 three countries different than, than you were before. It's a very long time to be, in, you know, and to see nothing. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's Canada. We're huge and we have, you know, lots of space in between our cities. Lots of boring driving. I'm like, yeah, four hours to Toronto is considered not horrible. Whereas, you know, in Europe, you're just, you're everywhere in five seconds. I'm opening my, oh yeah. It's less than a foot and a half away from me, but the uh, microphone makes it sound far. Drinking my Coke life, right? Coca-Cola made with stevia. And real cane sugar. Wow. Got to keep the whistle wet today. So, um, yeah, I had fun conversation with him. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that really stood. I mean, we, like we talked about all sorts of different stuff. We talked about, you know, France and, you know, World War II and the different countries there. And this guy was an exchange Shane student in Russia and things like that. He was talking about the, the Russian bread that's like black and dense and how he's from, from Paris. Right. So, uh, they're all about uh, the baguettes. We, you, the, when I was in Russia, there was no baguettes. It was so hard for me to to enjoy this Russian bread. It was, was black and hot. And then he, we, you know, he Googled it on his phone. He was showing me what this Russian bread looked like. And it looked like a very dense pumpernickel. But he's like, it's not very, it's not, you know, very fresh or, or exciting. It's very, very dry and very uh, boring, you know. But the, but the baguette, oh, it's crispy on the outside, soft on the inside. It's very, very good in France. We eat, so we eat the baguette with every meal, you know. The baguette is very important. <laughs> so, um, it was cool talking to him. That he was saying, uh, yes, also in uh, in Canada and England, and the, the traditional breakfast is not uh, the same. You know, it's not the same as it is in France. Um, you know, in uh, Canada and uh, in the United States, there uh, also the Londoners. You guys eat the, the you know the, the bacon, the meat, the the eggs, the the, the toasts, the, the beans, whatever. You eat all that in the morning. In France, we do not do that. We have lots of um, you know the croissants and the, the jams, marmalade, the things like this. The sweet, uh, you know, uh, fruits and things like that in the mornings. Very sweet breakfast, not so much. Uh, you know, the, the bacon and the, the butter and all these things. <laughs> so, but I was thinking about it and back, like all the, the good diets that I did, we're all saying like in the morning is when you want to like eat sugar and, and not eat sugar per se, but fruit or again, again, jams and fruits, right? If you're going to eat fruit and things like that, things with sugar, um, eat them in the morning, eat them, you know, as a way to start your day because it spikes your insulin in the beginning and you're not fucking up and down all day. So technically, intelligently, France actually has a, a, good 
you know, way of eating breakfast in the sense that you can start your day by spiking your sugars, you know, starting the day with, with heavy fats and butters and salts and just, you know, poisoning and, and making your system lethargic right off the top, you know? So I was like, okay, well, that's an interesting point. Interesting point. Interesting uh, cultural uh, thing there. So had a great ride there uh, with those dudes. Great, great time. I got to uh, the condo in time to basically just, just change and go out and grab a bottle of wine, grabbed a nice little bottle of Henriette Pelham. Uh, absolutely delicious. Baco Noir, which is my understanding. You know what? Fuck it. Here we go. First, first research point. So it's a Baco. Oh, Jesus Christ. It sounds like I just dismantled my desk behind me. So uh, Baco Noir is one of my, uh, quickly becoming one of my favorite wines available. Okay, get, I need some more fucking slack on this cord here. Every time I turn around, it feels like it's ripping this stuff off my head. Right? All positive, and it's like, meh, bitch, 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 bitch. So, all right, let's see how fast I can get this fucking thing going. So Baco Noir, my understanding, is a grape that grows only in Canada. Um... And it's a, a red wine. I, it's quickly becoming one of my favorites. I'm doing a lot of wine tastings and samplings and things like that. And I want to see just here. Let's do Baco Noir because I keep telling people I did a tasting. I'll tell you guys about that later on. It's not super, you know, <laughs> I like the phonetic spelling here, but, uh, yeah, so uh, a Baco Noir, my understanding is it grows only in Canada, but I've been doing a lot of tastings for them, trying different Bacos and man, I'm, I'm fucking loving this grape. So. Baco Noir, pronounced Baco Noir, is a hybrid red grape vine or variety produced by Franco Bac Fr Francois Baco from a cross of uh, Vitis vinifera. Oh, if I hover it, it shows me a common grape vine. Foile Blanche, a French grape, and an unknown variety of Vitis riparia, indigenous North America. Who gives a fuck? Uh, regions. In 1951, the variety was brought. Uh, to the cooler viticular regions of North America, such as British Columbia, Ontario, Nova Scotia, New York, Michigan, Mississippi, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Oregon. 1955, the variety was brought back to Canada, where the George clonal variety is commonly used. Baco Noir was the target of a vine, vine pull program. What the fuck does that mean? Vine pull schemes are programs where grapes grow. Grape growers receive a financial incentive to pull up the grape vines, a process known as heritage in French. Large program of this kind was initiated. I don't give a fuck. Tell me what it is. Anyways. Um, yeah. Canada in the early 1980s, which meant that there are few older plots of this variety left in Canada. Uh, Oregon's first Baco Noir vines were imported by Philippines, something, something, something. So I've, everyone was saying that primarily the Baco Noir grows only in Ontario. Uh, notable regions, Ontario, New York, Michigan. So that's uh, so what's around. So it's basically in, you know, North America in the Ontario, New York sort of region boring anyways uh this baco noir that was on sale and still is by the way ontario listeners uh henry of pelham a winery in ontario has an old vine baco noir and uh it is pretty goddamn delicious all right i'm leaving this i'm leaving this fucking laptop over here swiveling around knowing i'll probably go back to it for some fucking reason all right this this may be a failed experiment having this goddamn laptop thing next to me but Hoping to be able to just still read and talk. That was, that was so stupid. I, I had to check it because I've been telling people at these tastings that it's only in Ontario because that was the information that was given to me. And I want to know if I was telling the truth. And it seems like I'm not, but from what I pull off of this, how they tried to start it back up in Ontario, whatever, maybe there was like a, you know, it's older shit and there, there maybe it's a kind of, you know, Baco that only grows in Ontario. I don't give a fuck. 
I could not confirm nor deny that because it did make it sound like uh, Baconar was the target of a vine pole program in Canada in the early 1980s. So who knows? All righty. Anyways, I uh, got to Toronto, changed, and I went to the LCBO to grab a bottle of this Baco Noir. I had done a tasting of it last week, right, when the power went out. I was telling you guys all about that. And uh, I wanted to have a couple on hand. I wasn't sure what my evening would look like or what my morning would be like. I'm like, I wanted this goddamn Baco. I'll tell you that much. So uh, I reached out to uh, a couple of my friends who were already going to be coming to me. Uh, good friends, Louise, uh, Gareth, and Steph. They were all coming to the show that evening. But uh, Louise made a, uh, she just came straight from work so that her and I could have dinner before the show, have some drinks. So we went to uh, this little place like a block away from the condo called La Carnita. It's on Eglinton Street. Free little plug for them. It's uh, very similar to uh, El Camino here in Ottawa, one that I went to with Simon not long ago. And it's like a, you know, like a, a hip little taco place. You know what I mean? They got all sorts of, you know, I, I would say authentic, but I think it's more like fusion's not right. It's just basically modernized taco stuff. It's, it's you know, uh, Jesus, culinary taco chic. Is that fair? It's fucking, it's fancy tacos, guys, is what it is, all right? You get fucking, Jesus, start just dropping the F-bomb, getting all upset for no reason. I, that's what happens. I get frustrated when I can't think properly. So I'm like, hey, fucking, blah, blah. <laughs> So, uh, great spot, great spot. We had a great meal, great, uh, great convo, caught up. I actually saw somebody from, that I went to high school with in the background, and I couldn't even remember their name at first. Um, and I was confident I have never seen someone and been like, that's so-and-so and been wrong, but because I couldn't think of her last name properly, I was, I was not willing to walk over the table and she was sitting directly behind Louise, like slightly to the right, my, my right. So I'm trying to tell her like, I, I, I know this person and I just, I want to, I want to like, I, my brain, I, I won't be able to stop focusing on it until I can confirm that this is the person. I just need to know if that is. And the problem is I couldn't think of her last name. So my candidate just approached me like, are you Alex? <laughs> you know, I wanted, I wanted the name. I wanted to even be able to just jump on Facebook and say, look, look, this is the person, but I couldn't even think of the name. Right. So I told Louise, I'm like, I'm trying to let it go. I'm trying to let it go. But she's also sitting directly behind you slightly. So even looking at you immediately to your right, I can see her face pointed at me as well. So it's just a constant reminder. does not make my neuroses easier to deal with, right? So anywho, uh, we had a great meal, La Carnita. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the tacos we got. We got like, um, I know I had like a fish taco that was delicious had like a, like a pineapple salsa sort of taco that had like a regular pork meat and stuff like that. Ah, it was so good. It was a delicious meal, I gotta say. And then they had like spicy mayo, but not like what you would expect, like a, an orangey red sort of spicy mayo. It was like, it was almost like sour cream that had a little bit of heat to it. It was really, really smooth and cold when you're eating it, but there's, ah, delicious. Definitely go back, definitely go back. So we had dinner and then we, uh, we rendezvoused with, uh, with our other friends, uh, Gareth and Steph. And, uh, it was, it was a good show. I mean, um, I hosted that night, the, at absolute comedy, the JFL 42 show, um, lots of good comics on that show. Uh, it was interesting to see, you know, some of the up and coming, uh, up and coming isn't fair seeing some of the talent that I don't normally see. And again, at the, at the up and coming level in the sense, they're not amateurs, but they're, they're not headliners yet, you know? So it was just, it was really cool to see those. And then of course my buddy Casey Corbin was, uh, was headlining, closing the show down. It was great to see Casey. We had some laughs caught up. Casey also originally from, uh, from Ottawa, him and I were chatting about, uh, 
about the tornado as a matter of fact because his family owns uh, owns a cottage in the area and they they had a lot of damage like roofs ripped off he's like we couldn't we couldn't even find canoes and shit they were like up in trees and stuff like that i was like holy shit so you know again some of us affected by the uh, tornado much more than others um but it was uh, it was a really really good time that night i got to hang out with my my friends um you know it was it was really cool seeing them so i really i do have to say this so when I met them last month, uh, you know, Louise, Steph, and Gareth, when I met them last month, they lived around the corner in a building at Absolute in Toronto. And uh, I I just figured, hey, I was, I was inviting them out. Maybe, uh, you know, if you guys feel like just walking down the street to see a show, that's great. I didn't realize, you know, until talking with them that evening and everything that uh, they actually, all of them had moved to different areas of the city. So, uh, Louise came to meet me for dinner right after work. And I figured she's like, I'll just come straight from work. I won't have time to go home and change. And I just figured that, you know, maybe she didn't want to go home change. Even, you know, it's ladies have a tough time doing a quick little change. All right. I'm not judging all of you, but just saying to maybe go home and change is maybe a half an hour, 45 minute endeavor, right? You want to have a shower. You want to, you want to look good. You got to dry your hair, whatever it is. No judgment. It just takes time. That's what it is. Um, so I just figured she was still around the corner um, just, you know, didn't want to go home, take the extra time. Cause we basically had an hour to have dinner and then get to the show anyways. Um, but turns out, no, she, she lives in a different part of the city. She came directly from work. And again, I'm a comic. I, I did get up early that day and I was driving all day, but I, I don't know how hard their jobs are in terms of, you know, I know that they work for, you know, uh, planning and stuff like that and be development companies, but which in and of itself sounds like a fuckload of work, but I just, the fact that they came, uh, like all of them did, right? They were the, uh, Gareth and Steph would have met us, but they had to work, uh, they had to work later than we did. So they just met us for the show. Um, the fact that all of them just came directly from work to see me, uh, you know, again, Louise could have just met us at the showtime as well, but she was awesome. It was nice to be able to see her, spend time with her. Um, so that's absolutely awesome. So thank you guys. I mean, I, I know Gareth listens. I'm not sure if Steph and Louise do, but um, just to the universe, thank you, you guys for, for the amount of, of hustle and work it took again on a weeknight for them to come out to a show across the city from where they live, uh, you know, and stick around for drinks. After. I kept them out <laughs> a little later than I intended to, cause I, I know they had to work in the morning, but I was excited to see them. We were having a good time. So, um, a million thank yous for the, the effort and time that, that you guys came to, to see me. It was great seeing you had a wonderful time. And then I just wandered back to the condo. Nobody, uh, nobody was staying with me at that point. So I just went to the condo and I started, uh, <laughs> started watching the walking dead. Cause season eight that I have not finished is on Netflix now. So started an episode and passed the fuck out. That was my Tuesday. I had a great time. How long did that take me? 20 minutes to tell you about one day. Holy shit. So, uh, having said that Wednesday, I Ubered in Toronto and you know what? Had a good time had a good time. It was actually easy to find rides. Uh, the traffic, fuck, let's, let's put it this way. The traffic in Ottawa with all the construction, everything is so fucking bad that Toronto's traffic, no word of a lie is better than Ottawa's. And we're talking downtown core and Toronto has construction too. So how about that? And it's not like I'm somebody who fucking has a 10 minute drive every morning. And I, you know, don't really go anywhere where there's really shit. I drive through Ottawa all the fucking time. There's traffic everywhere, always construction. I know how bad it is here. And to go to Toronto and be driving through their construction and their congestion and their rush hour and for it to not be as bad as Ottawa, wah. 
So let's hope this shit happens. You know, all this construction gets over with relatively soon. I just, I thought that was weird. I thought worst, it would be on par. It's worse here than Toronto. That's crazy. Um, and then what did I do? Oh man, like a fat fuck. I, and I, I can't help myself. Well, yes, I can. I, I have self-control, but I didn't want to. I did not want to help myself. I was on the fence of whether or not I was going to do this. And then one of my Uber rides ended a block away. Like I actually saw the sign and the location. I went to get Krispy Kreme donuts, fresh Krispy Kreme donuts from a place that bakes them in-house. Oh God, it was good. Um, and I didn't even finish. Okay, so this is, <laughs> do I go into it? Oh man, he's super excited about this. Listen. I, I bought Krispy Kreme donuts. I bought six of them. I was like half dozen. I'm here for two days. If I have three a day, it's, it's too much. It's excessive, but it's better than other. I don't even know how to phrase it. All I'm saying is that if you eat three donuts a day, it's bad. But if that's the only cheating you're going to do, it's not horrible. Okay. It's not horrible. And it's something that I can't get in my city. So you allow yourself these little vacate, you go, that's okay. If that's going to be your fucking cheat, then that's your cheat. So, and, and over the course of the two days, I ate four and left two behind. All right. Which is the decision I'm still regretting. Right? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't eat them. In fact, I didn't eat any of them for like four or five hours. And they were just in the back of the car because I went to, uh, the Scarborough town center, kill a little bit of time waiting for uh, board game bliss to open. So I took, uh, took some Uber rides, pointed in the direction of that, you know, make it some money. Right. Um, that's a weird mall. I don't mind the, the Scarborough Tesla. It's big. They had, they had a VR place. I went in and chatted with somebody. So it's kind of full. Cool. I was, I thought that the place I was going to was open at like 10. So when I made it there at like 11, I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm an hour again. And then I find that they're closed. So I drove over the, across the highway to, uh, to the Scarborough town center, wasted some time there. Uh, and then I went to board game bliss been there before. I won't chew your ear off. All I know is that it's a store. It's got a lot of stuff that I want. And uh, I did not break the bank this time. I just went there and uh, I had a few different things that I had to, to pick up. And, you know, I, I just basically said to them, like, look, I've got an order that's on hold. I know if I spend 150 bucks, I get free shipping. So if I spend the rest of that 150 bucks, rather than you guys just shipping them to my house, why don't you let me leave with that? And you can ship me that other one for free. It costs you less in shipping. And I don't have to, you know, wait for my shit. What do you say? So they were, they were cool with that. Um, just again, went back to the condo, ate a couple donuts, had a fucking glucose spike nap. <laughs> and then I did the, um, then I featured at, uh, the, the club, right. That was, I was headlining that show, closing her down in Toronto. Um, as Kamar has mentioned a few times, thank you, Kamar. Kamar's actually the one who brought it to my attention that I was going to be closing that show originally. I just thought I was doing, uh, doing a spot on it, but he's like, so you're headlining in Toronto. I was like, really? Um, so that was, that was cool. It was fun. It was nice. Uh, the opposite the night before I was, I was, uh, <laughs> up and down, up and down in between every act. The, the last show was great. Cause I just sit there and wait for the end to go on. That was a lot of fun. Had an absolutely fantastic set and. It was a great, great night. Because again, this was not a whole week in Toronto. This was just two days in Toronto coming back before my entire week. So um, what was really cool was that uh, a lot of people came to see me that night, friends of mine. So a buddy of mine, George, uh, who used to be a boarder of ours, he lived with us in, um, fuck, years ago. Lived with us in Ottawa at my mom's place as a boarder back when he was going to university. We were buddies. We used to hang out all the time you know, play computer games. He showed me, basically he taught me a lot of computer tech stuff. Cause I am not a techie dude, 
but he taught me all sorts of different things. You know, like, you know, like the ICQ and shit like that, where you had messaging programs. He taught me uh, a bunch of different things that you could use when you're playing like online. He basically taught me tons of nerd shit, but it was great. We had fun and I haven't seen him in years. And as a matter of fact, we used to go to comedy shows long before I ever entertained the idea of doing stand up. And uh, one night, I think it was his, it was my birthday. Sorry, it was my birthday years back. We were all going out, you know, uh, Jimmy, Mika, my, my, my buddies, friends of mine. I can't really remember who all was there. I do remember it was Jimmy, Mika, myself, George, I think my buddy, Patty. Anyways, we, we were all pre-drinking and I think George was a few years younger than us. And George is like, I'm from Russia, you know, we drink vodka there. And so we were all like, all right, well, here's some vodka. He's like, yeah, I fucking drink. <laughs> I drink it, you know, like, like a man straight. And that's how we do it. But Russian vodka. So. We're like, all right. So we gave him a half a glass of vodka that he was, you know, he was demanding vodka. So we gave him half a glass of vodka, which he chugged. And, uh, and I don't mean like half a rocks glass. I'm talking like you get out your fucking Flintstone cup from McDonald's and you fill that motherfucker half full with, with vodka. He, and he drank it like chug, chug, chug. Huh. I don't know if he'd ever truly drank before that. Now he was young, all kids posture, no judgment. All I know is that based on his reaction to it and the way he consumed it, I don't know anyone who knows alcohol who would have consumed alcohol like that, but he was like fucking down the hatch, boom. And, and then he was drinking, you know, beer with us for, you know, an hour or so before we got to the, the club. And by the time we got to the club <laughs> before the show was even started, George was sitting in his chair with his eyes closed, sort of doing the little heads head and body are sort of spinning around a little bit like a stick in a glass stirring you know and his head just sort of got sort of you know eyes closed lower and lower and lower towards the table till at one point his head was leaning right on the table and we had a warning where we were like you know he can't he can't sleep here if he's drunk we got to he's got to be awake or he's got to go and so we, we we propped him back up in his chair you know george you gotta wake up and he's like all right buddy you know i'm okay i'm okay he's so drunk so fucking drunk and I remember uh, at one point his head was back down on the table and I guess the show had started. So they didn't notice at that point. And then at one point, George's body just shot straight up in his chair. Perfect posture for a second. Just shot straight up. Hands go out in front of him, slam down on the table and then head between his hands, blah, all over, threw up all over the floor. It was absolutely hysterical. One of the, one of the uh, managers at the club um, who's actually a good friend of mine now that I started stand-up comedy and everything. We've, we worked together on that, uh, that comedy project for Canada's 150th, along with uh, Jeff McKay, who was staying with me at the condo in, uh, in Toronto. Oh, everything. Six degrees of separation. Um, yeah, he comes running over and he's like, you go, he's got to go. He's got to fucking go. He's just, he's puking all the place. He's got to fucking go. So I, I went to go help him out and, uh, and Mika being the good friend he is, Mika's a great fucking guy. Mika and, and Jimmy being the great friends that they are, uh, I just remember Mika goes over and no, 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 dude, it's your fucking birthday. You sit down we'll take care of this. So Mika hauls George up and then out the door. And at this point, the, the club that we were in was in a basement. So he's got to drag this drunk kid up the stairs and it's January. So it's snowy and everything outside slush in the streets, snow banks. So he takes George upstairs and I remember just sitting there, you know, for like two minutes. I'm like, I, I can't enjoy the show knowing that like my friends are up there dealing with the situation. So I went up. And Mika, Mika just looks at me and goes, dude, it's your birthday. Get inside. Enjoy the show. We'll take care of this. We'll be back in soon. It's like, all right, all right, all right. I just, I don't want, I feel bad. And they're like, yeah, fucking go enjoy. So, um, 
I we go back. To, I go back downstairs, and Mika comes down shortly afterwards. I I find out later that they were trying to get George into a cab, but they wanted to make sure that he knew where he was going first. Like my friends knew my address, but they're like George, you know where you're you're going. You know the address, and uh, and so they gave it to the cab driver. And it's funny because George Mika's Mika's six nine, so super tall. And he's holding George by his jacket. So like by the, by the scruff of the neck jacket. So he's basically holding him up in the, uh, holding him up by the, the jacket back. So he's not hurting him, but he's just, he's like, I got, I got you by the back of the neck in your jacket. And he's holding the jacket, therefore holding George up. And Mika's telling me while he's talking to the cab driver, trying to tell him like where to take him, George slips out of the jacket, like swan dives, just slides right out. Arms go flat back (laughs) like a cliff diver dives right out of his jacket bam face first into the curb the slush the mud between the cab and the fucking thing oh my god i wish i could have seen it it'd probably still be one of the funniest things i've ever seen just swan dive it boom into the slush mud <laughs> oh why are you laughing as misfortune josh it's funny that's what happens when you when you fucking posture like you're the biggest drinker but again young guy i'm not ju- not judging george it's just funny who hasn't you know been like oh, i fucking drink yeah i thought i know so uh so george was there it was great to see george um i i didn't get to talk to him for long we sort of chatted via messenger and stuff the the, the you know prior to and after the show but uh next time I'm in toronto it'll be great to go actually you know and spend some time with him and catch up and see how he's doing but just for all my listeners who know George as well, I thought I'd just mention that, you know, he's doing well, he's working on software and stuff like that for, uh, you know, he was taking aerospace engineering when he lived with us, but he's working on software and stuff for space shuttles and shit like that. Uh, he looks like an engineer. He's got a gigantic fucking beard. Um, but yeah, so yeah, good to see him. I got to see my people from match, uh, match is the company. One of the companies that I work for doing samplings and stuff like that. Um, so a bunch of them came out, people I, I've been, you know, corresponding with emails and stuff like that through work. I finally got to meet them and they got to come out and see what I do when I'm not, uh, handing out samples and shit like that. So great to see them. And then finally I got to see my good friend, Chris, out of respect for him. I'm not saying his last, I wrote it down, but I'm not saying his last name. Chris is my partner at DK. It was awesome meeting Chris. Um, probably one of the highlights of my way. I mean, again, I, the people that I had dinner with my friends, um, that was amazing. And I'm not taking anything away from this. I just mean that I've been, I've been, Chris and I have been communicating for a very long time. As you guys know, in terms of however long you've been listening to me do reviews for DK, I've been, you know, small little short phone conversations and, and emails. Um, but it was great to finally meet him. Uh, great dude. He brought his wife. We sat and we had drinks afterwards, shared, you know, stories and things like that. Such a cool dude. Again, my my partnership with DK even stronger. Just having met the uh, the man behind the curtain and 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 whatnot. So, um, super super great meeting him. Thank you to uh, everybody who came out to see me in Toronto. Um, God, where do I start? Like, uh, well, I'm not gonna. I don't need to list all the names. Just I've I've talked about everybody. Thank you for coming out to see me in Toronto. It means the world. I look forward to having even more friends and more people. Hopefully, spending more time next time I'm there. Just 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 visiting with people. It's a lot better than being a shut in at the condo. And speaking of the condo, after uh, after Chris and his lovely wife left and all that, um, Jeff Jeff was actually sitting with us and chatting with us for a while too. But uh, we we started having uh, some wine. We had some of that Henry Appellum that I had. Uh, Mallory, one of the servers there and a good friend brought, uh, brought some wines for us to try to, and, uh, it was great. We had basically a fucking wine tasting. A bunch of the staff came back to the condo. So it was myself and Jeff Mallory, Lisa was there. Um, 
fuck, I can't remember who else. Scotty was there. Like a bunch of people were at the condo afterwards. We were having wine, having some drinks, and uh, watching some stand-up comedy on Netflix. Just because it's easy to throw in the back. Great time. What a great way to to cap off the week. Unfortunately, I had to drive back to Ottawa the next morning, and I stayed up till four o'clock in the fucking morning. Mm -mm -mm. Stupid decision on my part to stay up and out that late, but um, had a good time. Yeah. How do you, how do you put a price on that? You know, you're, you're drinking, you're drinking and you're thinking that the world's your oyster. Of course, you're going to stay up all night. So I had um, the day that Wednesday I had posted my ride back again, my ride back to Ottawa also had no takers. So what ended up happening was I posted on Kijiji again, had a bunch of people messaging me, things when I was at Scarborough Town Center, this and that, people messaging, hey, is there room for cars? So I filled up my car with people for the ride back to um, Ottawa. And I checked earlier in the evening, like not not crazy early, not crazy late, but I checked in the evening on Kangaroo Ride to see if I had any riders, zero. So I was like, okay. And I tried to cancel the ride, never worked. And I was like, ah, shit. So what ended up happening is I wake up, you know, Missed an opportunity to Uber in Toronto because I was there's no way I was gonna make it up in time, and uh, I check on Kanga Ride to close the ride, try to tr close the ride again, and all of a sudden I got two riders. So that sometime between you know midnight and nine o'clock in the morning, these people booked a ride. So now I got three people coming from Kijiji, two people coming from Kanga Ride. It's it's too late to even message them and say, hey, uh, if you're on your way across the city to this, you know, I can't do it. So I. I messaged him and said, Hey, uh, I tried to cancel this ride last night and couldn't, you booked a ride for a car that's already full. So I said, listen, I've never had a hundred percent success rate with people showing up. If you want to still come, if there's room, you're welcome to it. But the people that I booked have first priority. So both of them were like, yeah, cool. Let's do it. Uh, we'll show up and see what happens. And you know, hopefully we get rides. And what ended up happening was one person didn't show now on Kanga ride. I'm only supposed to do three people. Kijiji, I could do whatever the fuck I want. So. What ended up happening is one person from Kijiji didn't end up showing. And I just said, okay, car meeting. I go, I've got room for one of my Kangaride people. I go, but I go, you guys are all pretty tiny. If, if you guys are cool with doing three people across the back seat, you know, um, I'll get us to Ottawa nice and quick. Everybody gets a ride. You know, no one's left behind. Uh, what do you think? And everyone was like, yeah, no, we don't care. We're cool. Whatever. So I was like, all right, wicked, nice and easy. Took everybody, uh, took everybody. We had a great ride back. It was like the fucking Mickey Mouse club in there in terms of like diversity and equality, Asian, Middle Eastern, uh, African-American, African-American, black, <laughs> I don't know what the right word is anymore. Like whatever, go into that, Josh, like every fucking week, find an opportunity to talk about something mildly controversial. I'm just saying, I don't know what to call people, right? Men, women, ah. Oh. I, I think there was an Iranian guy like, ah, magic. I played the role of the fat white guy, right? I took up, those are my two, my two contributions, obese and Caucasian. And we had other, yeah. So it was great too. Great car ride. We had fun. And as a matter of fact, I, I was just saying like, I had the satellite radio and I'm like, does anybody want, you know, anything in particular? Like, oh, I go with the diverse mix of us. I doubt that there's any way that we're going to find a station that all five of us enjoy, but I go, I have no problem listening to whatever. If it makes you guys happy again, you, you three are crammed back there. So what do you guys want? And, you know, after chatting a while, they were, you know, they found out why I was in, in Toronto and, and they asked, oh, well, do you want to, can, can we hear some comedy? Do you have comedy? I go, yeah, there's comedy stations. And what ended up happening is we heard a couple people on the, the radio that they really liked. And I said, well, I know they have albums. Do you want to listen to their album? So 
the whole ride back, we fucking listened to comedy albums. We listened to Ivan Decker's album, which just won a Juno. I think it was called I Wanted to Be a Dinosaur. So that was an amazing album. We listened to um, Fraser Young's, which I think was like food, medicine, and a surprising amount of math. And then uh, Fraser's second or his, his earlier album called Everyone Loves a Smug Bastard. Um, we listened to uh, Bill Burr, one of Bill Burr's specials. Uh, it was great. And then we were hacked. We were back. We listened to four comedy specials. And then we were, we were in Ottawa and, uh, everyone had a good time. Everyone was laughing. Holy shit. What a great way. What a, what a way to make the best of a bad situation. So everyone's crammed back there, but they're laughing so fucking hard. There's no way you could be laughing that hard and be pissed at the same time. So that was, uh, that was a cool, a cool day. And I got back to Ottawa just in time to change and then fly directly to a sampling after the sampling. Again, I was doing, I don't know what the fuck I was sampling. I was doing a sampling. That's what I do. Um, right away from there directly from the sampling to absolute comedy to feature. Um, this week I worked with, um, the host was, uh, Lamont Ferguson and the headliner was Paul Meyerhaw. Paul Meyerhaw and Lamont are super, super funny. Um, it was real tough for me to, I don't say it was real tough. I was really worried that it was going to be tough for me to hold my own between those two guys. Um, but I did. Um, I don't have anything like I, I talk about, I, I had some things happen in terms of like friends show up and whatnot, but, uh, in terms of talking about the show itself, I don't have a, a whole lot to, to say, so I won't waste your guys time with that. But, um, on Thursday, my friends, uh, Steph, Tasha, Aaron, Kelsey came out. I, I want to say thank you so much to, uh, to you guys. Some of your listeners, of the podcast, thank you so much for coming out. It means the world to me that you guys were excited and, you know, took the time to make reservations and come out. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, Friday I ran around and I did a bunch of, of errands again, like my, my days were crazy that this last week, like I filled everything up with the max possible, no video games this week, no fucking around this week, no naps. Um, it was Uber first thing Friday morning. I had to go to Costco. I don't remember why. Oh, I had to pick up a bunch of stuff for the samplings on the weekend. Um, I went and I got my oil changed and a recall for the car done. I did some prep for the sampling and then I did a sampling. Um, again, my samplings are all four hours long, right? So just basically like Uber, errands, oil change, sampling, and then two shows at Absolute Comedy on Friday night. Exhausted by the end. Absolutely exhausted. Uh, on Saturday, I did double samplings and then double shows. So I was at a sampling at 11 o'clock in the morning. I worked all fucking day and went directly home, quick change. And I mean like home, not like, oh, I got home at like six o'clock and then you know, like an hour later. I went home, I had 10 minutes to change and get my ass to the club to do two shows. Crazy week, crazy week of work. Unbelievable. Sunday was my first break where I didn't have to do anything until the show that evening. And it was amazing. I went for breakfast with the old mother, took her on the errands like I normally do. I went and I took a look at the vehicle that I planned on purchasing, you know, and then, uh, and then I did the last show of the week. My, uh, you know, it was, it was a great week. We stuck around and hung out afterwards. Uh, my friends, John and Claire came to see me that night. That was absolutely fantastic. I mean, I had people pop in and say hi, but when my friends stick around and visit with me, have a drink afterwards, that, that makes a difference. Cause I get to catch up with everybody. I, there's people that I know and I appreciate them coming. I really do. I don't know what other people's circumstances are. So just again, always thank you to everyone who comes to my shows. But when you, you know, when you have a chance to say, Hey, you want to stick around? Can we catch up? Like, I, I appreciate that. Anytime that you're, you're sharing your time with me and, and, and chat, I, I appreciate that. So, um, great time all week with Lamont and Paul. Um, I will be giving them a little bit of a, a, a promo and a plug. So you guys in my other cities can come see them because they're fucking awesome. Um, 
yesterday, Monday, um, I sat down, I did a, a podcast with Paul Meyerha. So the, the headliner from the last week, we, uh, we sat down, we did a podcast. It was a lot of fun. We did a lot of fucking laughing, a lot of laughing. And then, uh, we went and ran a couple errands together just to help them out. They were having a football day back at the condo. I was going to join them, but I was toast. Um, after the errands, right. I was like, I'll give you guys a call later. I went and I bought my car. And I didn't buy a cab, bought a fucking truck. It is listed as a truck under the section, though um, I will get chastised if I ever call it that. So it's my it's my crossover vehicle. Um, I have uh, been looking for a while at the Honda CRVs. They're uh, you know I I love my car and I do a lot of traveling in it. Is in as far as you guys know. Mm. Sorry, I'm trying to finish the coffee. Um, I spend a lot of time in my car. I do fucking Uber. I do samplings. I drive from city to city doing stand up. I spend a lot of time in my vehicle and, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta be comfortable and it's gotta have the features that you're looking for. So I love my Honda fit that I have right now. Love it. Love it. Love it. But having said that, there are a few things that I do not love about my Honda fit. One, um, it's low to the ground. So in my first year with it, um, I don't know why this is. I really don't know why this is, but I had several people telling me that, that your first year with a new car, you know, with the brand new tires, you don't need snow tires. I, I, I don't, I've never heard that since. Um, and I don't know why there was no one else saying anything to the contrary, but there's all these people saying, oh, like I, I would say, you know, yeah, I, I got my new car. I got to get, I get my snow tires. And they were all like, oh, you don't need snow tires your first year. Several people, um, they were so fucking wrong. And I can remember, I wish I could remember which one specifically told me that. Cause I'd like to choke them to death <laughs> with, um, I don't know, jumper cables. Maybe that sounds, that sounds painful. Maybe barbed wire. I'd like, I love to choke them to death with barbed wire. You know, I wouldn't. Cause I can't remember who they are. And that's the only thing stopping me. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah. So the first year with my fit, um, it's got 14 inch wheels and it actually comes factory 13, but I got the sport model with the 14 inch alloys. So, you know, 14 inch rims in, and it got stuck in the snow so many fucking times that first year. If I wasn't already 42 minutes in, I would tell you guys one of the worst instances with that car being low to the ground was snow. It was in Montreal and I was sick as a dog um, but yeah, I'll, I'll save you that. If you want to hear it, email, tell me, give me a, send me a message and say, we want to hear the fucking story. It is hysterical. It is a disgusting story. There's ups and downs also, ah, fuck it. All right. I got to tell you the story because it also is the second reason that I want to, the features I'm looking for. All right. All right. Fuck. I'm going to, I'm going to finish telling you what I don't like about the fit. And then I'm going to tell you what happened. All right. So the, uh, the fit it's low to the ground. It's a little rough in the winters. Now, ever since I've had snow tires, I've actually never had an issue with, with winter driving. I'm also not a fucking idiot with driving. So I don't drive into like foot tall snow areas, but generally speaking, I, I can still even maneuver through that. There's been times in Ottawa where it's snowed heavy and the roads haven't been plowed. And, and since I had snow tires, my fucking fit did great. You know, um, maybe it was really, really good snow tires. I, I don't buy, you know, I'm not cheap when it comes to shit like that. Um, but secondly, maybe it's just that the universe doesn't do that to me. You know, sometimes, sometimes it just goes, oh, do you have everything you need to protect yourself? Well, then there's no point fucking you over. You're, you're going to be good anyways. But I find that as soon as I miss one thing that I might need, that's exactly what happens. You know, anyways, that's, that's a, what was me thing. Um, I don't like how slow it picks up. All right. My car has 
Uh, it's got amazing fuel economy, but it has absolutely no balls. So trying to pass people on the highway with all the highway driving I do, it's brutal. And sometimes two people will compete. As soon as someone sees that you're speeding up, you know, beside them in the opposite lane, they, something in them, oh, oh, you're not getting past me like that. I don't know. At least with guys, I know that that happens. I have friends who are like that. Like, look at this guy trying to pass me. And it's just like, well, why weren't you going fast before if you give a fuck, you know, anyways. So the issues I had a little too low to the ground for, for safety and, you know, winter time and stuff getting stuck and shit. And then like no power to pass or whatever. Those were the two major complaints I had. But the story that I'm about to tell you is the thing that was like, I could use a few extra safety features. And I really hope I haven't told you this story before. Like, I feel like I may have even told it last week, but you can listen again or, and you can message me and say, Hey man, way to tell the same story twice, idiot. I was in Montreal some years ago, the first year I owned my car in the wintertime and, uh, doing shows at the comedy nest headliner was Derek Sege, super funny dude. Um, love working with Derek. And, uh, the last night, I think I fucking did tell this story. I don't know why I feel like I told this fucking story. Oh man. I, I think, I feel like I remember vividly saying to you guys about how I got sick and, and just made a fucking crime scene behind my car. Yeah, I think I've told you this. Okay, well, you know what? I'm going to leave it at that. Um, I'm going to skip the entire story and just say how one of the things I didn't like about um, the drive home that night, a dehydrated, sick, middle of a snowstorm, was that I was falling asleep um, on my way back. And because police had already told me to get off the road, I couldn't sleep at the side of the road. I was worried about driving... I was worried about driving off the road into like a small town because there's no rumble pads and stuff on the side of the road. So I was worried I would fall asleep and drive right into a ditch or drive right through a stop sign and get hit. It's like three o'clock in the morning, right? But I also couldn't keep driving straight because I'd, I'd been told, you know, A, I was falling asleep and B, I was told to not park on the side of the road anymore. So I, I, I swear to God, I was at a loss with what I should do. But when I came back, I found out, you know, I, I remember I was looking at some other cars and stuff like that. And they were just talking, I got, I got friends that work at dealerships who I just visited and stuff, but they were telling me about all these features that the CRV had and only on the touring model, the high end, they had something called uh, adaptive cruise control. So you could set a cruise control to basically you stay at, at cruise speed as long as you're a certain distance from the vehicle. And if you get too close, the car will slow you down to maintain that, that, that safe distance or whatever. Um, it also had a thing called lane watch. So like, you know, if you were starting to, to, to pull out of a lane, it would like the, the, the dash would beep and basically wake you up, you know, not wake you up, but, but notify you. And I'm thinking applying it to my circumstance. So I was like, Oh fuck, it's going to wake me up. Okay. That's good. And then finally they had something called collision mitigation, which is like, if you're going to hit something, the fucking car stops you. And I'm like, okay, well, all of those things would have been amazing the night I was driving home and falling asleep the whole way back, you know? Cause I'm like, then, then everyone who's, cause everyone was pissed at me afterwards. I told them I drove home falling asleep every 15 to 20 seconds because I was so dehydrated, so exhausted. And I was, I was, maybe it doesn't make sense, but I, I thought it was a legitimate concern. Cause I was like, I want to pull over and be safe and sleep. But when I first pulled over, someone called the cops and so the cops were like, okay, you can't stay here. So I'm like, great. Now I can't pull over again because if I do, they can give me a ticket or they can do whatever they're going to do, you know? So I, and I can't drive off. They're like, yeah, drive three. They told me like drive three kilometers up and then there's an exit you can take. And then there's a town like three kilometers down the road. I'm like, what? 
I'm falling asleep every 15 seconds and you want me to drive for 20 minutes and then drive drive off of the highway that has rumble strips. So in the event that I start to slide off the road, I buzz and it woke me back up. That's why I kept falling asleep and waking back up. You want me to drive somewhere where I could just drive right off into a ditch or blow through a stop sign and get hit or something like that or smash into the back of somebody. I was like, that's fucking crazy. I go, I, uh, anyways, it was ridiculous. So I wanted more safety features. All of this story is to say that um, I, I looked at vehicles, but they were, they would have been really, really ostentatious for just some safety features. And if I had gone with the CRV top end model, my cost per month would have gone up ridiculous. And I would have spent shitloads more money in gas just for some safety features and to be a little higher up off the road. So I uh, eventually laid eyes once they created it on a little thing called the HRV, the Honda HRV. It is a crossover, which basically, basically it's a Honda fit inside of a small CRV. Um, amazing. It has all of these same safety features. It has a ton of, you know, little creature comforts that I like. Uh, it's still amazing, amazing on gas. So I've been eyeballing it and I finally uh, pulled the trigger on that yesterday. So, um, they, they had a, uh, an incentive to get the vehicle, um, because there was a flood at the factory in Mexico. And so if you pick one up, you know, if you sign up for it now and you pick it up in January when they come, then you get, uh, you know, you get a couple percent off the, uh, the financing. So I was like, all right, well, fuck it. Let's do it. So, you know, I chatted with my buddy. We, we, we looked for approval last week. We got it. So I went and I signed the papers this week. That was awesome. And then honestly, after the long day yesterday, doing all the running around the podcast, I was at the dealership for quite a while because my friend was, was very busy. He's one of the best in the city. Um, I, I went to have a nap and that was it for the day. Boom, done. So I was up early this morning doing my Uber, do the podcast prep. I actually took uh, Paul Meyerhaw to the uh, the train station just because it was so cool hanging out with him this week, working with him. Um, we just had a great conversation yesterday, uh, so it was cool to chat with him today. I, I did a couple little things, honest to God. I did a couple little things today. I got my travel insurance for the Los Angeles trip, so I'm, I'm good if I have any medical shit or whatever. Again, another thing about being a comic, I, I messaged Mikey, who I'm going with, and I'm like, hey, man, don't forget your insurance for the, the trip. And he's like, it's covered through my work. And I told him to go fuck himself. So <laughs> all you guys with day jobs and benefits, that's uh, we don't, we don't got that in the comedy, uh, comedy scene. So good on Mikey <laughs> for having it, but, um, I got my travel insurance. So I'm covered. If anything happens to me in the trip, just in case, you know, you, you practical people with intelligence and whatnot, were like, oh, you should get that. I, I got it. I got it. Just in case you're wondering, I'm taken care of in that regard. And then, uh, I decided in my excitement for my new vehicle, I wanted custom license plates. That's right. Mm-hmm. I want custom license plates and I went to the ministry of transportation and I gave them like five different things that I wanted and none of them were available, which sucks. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I actually ended up going with, uh, this is what I got. I got RD. Okay. RD space comic. All right. So if you want to write that down, let me know what you think it says. Um, yeah, message me or whatever. I, I don't have to talk about it. That's, that's what I got, RD Comic, and I'll leave it to you guys to figure out. You can message me. You want to let me know what it says? Cool. I'll tell you if you're right or wrong, right? But I like the communication, so that's what it is, RD Comic. RD Space Comic is what my license plate will say when they arrive. Um, I tried a bunch of things. I tried comedy. wasn't available. I tried Chase It. That's not there, like Chase the Dream, Chase It. Uh, laughs, a bunch of different ones. Um, just wasn't available. I, I actually... Um, Josh space W was available, 
but I was like, I don't know if I want to put my name on my vehicle. You know, <laughs> I don't want the fans all hanging out at my vehicle after the show. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I was just like, maybe there'd be a time where I wouldn't want someone to know which vehicle is mine specifically. Um, so yeah, um, I would love to know what you guys would put as a plate. What do you think would be, a, would have been a good plate for me? Um, and what would, a, what would be a good custom plate for yourselves? What's something that you would want? Maybe based on what you were like, send it to me, contact at one man I'd love to know what you would put as a custom plate. So here's the, here's the rule in case you don't know. A lot of people do. Some don't. It's eight characters long. Okay. And, um, apparently you cannot pick a plate that's similar to someone else's in the sense that like, you can't put the word comic with an O or sorry, a zero instead of an O. They, they don't allow that. So when you check to see what's available, um, you can't just put like, oh, it's an I, well, let's put a one. Cause the whole idea is that you're, you're not, it's supposed to look different so that if somebody's trying to copy it, I, I don't know if that's a new rule because I have seen people spelling shit with like a, a number instead of a letter in the past, but it could be that maybe at a quick glance, they call her the wrong person kind of thing because it's like, it looks just the same. So it can't look like, uh, you know, a slight deviation of another one. No fives for S's, no ones for I's, no zeros for O's, that kind of thing. Okay. So just in case you're like, I'd do this and put the one in to change it, not an option, not an option. Um, so yeah, that's the thing. Um, love to know what you guys would want. Love to know what you would think would work good for me. I tried some, some one man podcast type shit or whatever. Um, but nothing, just not enough space. So you, so this is the rules. You get eight characters. You can put spaces, but spaces take up a character. So tell me what you would want for your, uh, your license plate. Um, Venom's coming out this week. All right. Little talking point here. The movie Venom. I am interested in seeing that movie. Um, but I've heard it's getting shitty reviews. Shit. Hey, review is, so, uh, let me know what you guys are, uh, are thinking about, you know, I'd like to know, uh, if, if it's a movie that you guys are seeing is not part of the Marvel cinematic universe. So I'm not worried. You know, I, I don't think it's going to be, it's going to be a, like a side one, like, like the X-Men and, and the Spider-Mans before Marvel was writing for them. So I'm, uh, I'm kind of interested to see, though. I like Tom Hardy, you know, I'd, uh, I'd fuck him. No, <laughs> I got a man crush on him. I'd fuck him. Uh, actually speaking of that. So here's, you guys want to hear something fucking weird that, that happened to me this week. I am not bragging. Paul and I talk about this in the podcast. Um, so his episode will come out on Friday. Um, I'm, I'm oddly, is it odd? I don't know. I don't like talking about this kind of stuff because it's a typical dude thing and dudes are excited about this. It's very bro-ish. But it, it really isn't me, to be honest with you. It, it really isn't me. And, um, but it's funny because my brain will still gravitate to the, the inconsistencies in it. So I'll, I'll tell you guys the story. You tell me this works. So here's the thing. I'm on stage this last week and, um, a lot of my act has stories about when Crystal and I were together and I haven't written a whole lot of new shit. I've talked about it before. So when I'm on stage doing just material and stuff like that and talking about this stuff, it kind of sucks. I don't, I don't enjoy doing it because it, it makes me think of the, the relationship and it's just, just not my, my, not my happy place, but I'm on stage and I have to still make it relevant because I'm also talking about, you know, being single again and, and trying to, to figure out how, you know, how to date and stuff and, and you know, this day and age, God, I sound stupid and old. Um, so it's, it's, I'm on stage and I'm basically saying, Hey, I'm single and I was in a good relationship and I was, I was, you know, blah, 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 blah. And now I'm, I'm single and alone and I'm bad at being single. So I had a, a woman come up to me 
on uh, Saturday night after the show and was like, they were chatting. They're like, you were really funny. And da, da, da. like a lot of, a lot of, you know, I, I, that I get all the time. This is not the first time. How funny would that be? 10 years in a stand-up. They're like, yeah, for the first time someone came up to me and said, Hey, good job. Um, I had, uh, I had people come up. This woman came up and she was standing next to her boyfriend and she's like, yeah, you're really funny. He was like, yeah, great time. We had a great show, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then at one point she just goes, I can't say this in front of him, but she leans into me and she goes, if I wasn't with him, I would totally fuck you. And I was like, thank you. I go, that's very nice. <laughs> thank you very much. Like, what do you say to that? What do you say to that? Right. That's a, I mean, I didn't want to be like, oh, cool. Like I didn't want to make somebody feel bad. That sounds like such, can you imagine like if you were in a relationship and someone said to you, you're like, oh, I didn't want her to feel bad. You would get in so much trouble for taking that position on it. What I'm saying is just like somebody has the balls to say that to you. But here's the thing. I don't, I don't like the idea of like, you know, just meeting someone and hooking up sexually, my penis on the hormonal level, like, Hey, you just want to just go fuck. It's like, wow. But the half second later, when, when logic comes in, I'm like, I couldn't just, I, this is not me. I couldn't just meet somebody and fuck them. Even if you know, we had dinner first night, I'm just, I'm just not wired that way. I, there's, there's more to me than that. And I, ugh. I feel like punching myself just for how lame it sounds, but it's true. It, the truth is I don't, I can't just leave someone. I've actually had chicks who were you know, way back in high school or whatever, who were interested in me and because I didn't make moves on them. Not like, oh, hey, I'm not interested in you. I mean, straight up, like, hey, we're interested. We're dating. I like spending time with you. I'm, I'm digging this. But because I didn't do like a, a sexual physical move early enough for them, we they didn't want to, you know, they didn't want to continue. I was like, whatever. Fine with me. If you're only, like now in the state that I'm in physically, like the idea that someone would only want me physically is fucking hilarious to me. But, I don't know. I've just never been the kind of person to be like, oh, you want to fuck? So let's fuck. Cause I'm, I just, I've seen, I guess it's because I saw way too many of my friends in high school, uh, one in particular, and he knows who the fuck he is one in particular who used to just kind of like make moves on chicks, you know, and, and he would, he would get in their ears and tell them exactly what they wanted to hear in order to do that. Right. And then the problem was, is that after they had done the deed, the bangity, bangity, bang, uh, he would lose interest in them. And then uh, me being the sweetie pie that I am, um, no, what would happen is like these, these women would feel used afterwards and they, you know, like, why doesn't he want to talk to me and this and that. And for some reason I, I was the shoulder to cry on. I've never been an asshole. If someone's sad, if someone's upset. I'm not going to be the kind of guy that's like, well, I don't give a fuck. You know, it's your problem. Like I, I just, I was like, I don't know what to tell you. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. Yes. It's my friend, but I don't, I'm not responsible for your guys fucking relationship. You know, sorry to hear if you don't like it, don't do it. You know? Don't I go good learning experience for you. Don't fall for it next time or whatever. I don't know. So I guess just seeing that I've always been the kind of person I'm like, listen, if you're going to be with somebody, a, you don't want them that fucking clingy afterwards. All right. And that's the oh, stage four clinger. It's like, yeah, but you also tricked them, you know, like the, the wedding crashers was funny, but it's like at the same time, you're pretending to be someone else. You're, you're trying to fool them and woo them and all that stuff. Like you're being dishonest. So then when you turn around and then you reap what you sow, it's like, oh, fuck. It's like, yeah, but you did that. I don't know. I, again, I want to punch myself in the face. But the truth is, if you lie to somebody, if you use somebody, you know, if you deceive them, I, that's not, I, to me, that's never been right, you know? And so I, I've, now, of course, I've had people since my friends tell me like, hey, dude, well, if somebody wants to fuck and you guys are both just like, hey, you want to fuck? And yeah, let's fuck, whatever. I'm just, you know, it's, that's two people who are agreeing to it. It's good. 
But I always just, in the back of my head, I'm always like, yeah, but maybe they're just saying that. I don't know. Or maybe maybe there's something way deeper that I don't understand on a psychological level why I don't want to just meet someone to fuck them. But to me, I was like, I don't want to do something with somebody that I don't know. Because A, what if they're a fucking airhead? Or what if they're a goddamn you know lunatic or whatever? I just feel like they, that person cannot make the argument like, oh, well, you fucking used me and you, you're just trying to play games. Like, look, I didn't do any of that shit. I hung out with you. And yeah, we maybe, I don't know. I don't know. So just the idea that to meet someone, have a one night stand or fuck them or whatever, just, it's very unappealing to me, but a very nice compliment. Thank you. I appreciate the compliment. And that's weird that you would say that to a stranger. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, so I don't know that they said that, uh, and then the next night, Sunday, I had another woman come up to me and say, I was so sad to hear that you were single. And I was like, uh, why? She's like, well, just, she's like, you just, you're really, you seem really, really nice. And you seem like such a sweet person. I was like, I was like, oh no, you're wrong. I'm, I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> I was just joking, but I was like, oh no. She's like, no, I know a lot of people. I know a lot of pieces of shit and you're definitely not a piece of shit. You know, I was doing, I've been doing these jokes with government employees and why I don't want to date in Ottawa because I'm worried I might, you know, I might fuck one of them, how boring they are. Um, but she was like, I don't work for the, you know, we don't work for the government. My, my husband and I don't work for the government. You know, we're military. So it's kind of government, but it's not quite the same. And she's just like, yeah. And I was just so had, sad to hear that you were single. And then at that moment, the, uh, the husband comes over and has a bit of a look like, why is she talking to him? I was like, oh boy, this is gonna be fucking, what the fuck? You know, I'm like, I'm just, you know, she's like, I just, cause she was saying like, I'm so sad to hear that you're single. And I was like, okay, where's this going? And then, uh. And then he's like, yeah, great show, blah, blah, blah. They were both super nice. And then uh, he's like, all right, come on, let's go. And he starts walking towards the door and she just leans in. She's like, if I wasn't married, I would so fuck you. And again, I didn't know what to say. I wasn't, uh, thanks. Uh, this is what I said. It's the stupidest thing. I was trying to be nice and not have my face punched in. Like you can't be like, yeah, I'd fuck you too. What the fuck did you say to my wife? So I, she goes, oh, I would, she was like, if I wasn't married, I would totally fuck you. And then first of all, I was like, uh, likewise, <laughs> what a thing to say. I would totally fuck you. Likewise. <laughs> ah, but I figured that one, if it was like, he wouldn't know first off, if he's military, likewise might go over his head. But at the same time, a lot of things would be likewise. Hey, it was great talking to you. I had so much fun tonight. Blah, blah, blah. Likewise. That could thing. I would totally fuck you. Likewise would not be your first clue. That's a, you know, military guy. That is not the kind of Intel that would come back and lead you to believe that, uh, infidelity may be the subject of conversation. <laughs> but, uh, that was, it was a, it was, it was, yes, it was a compliment, but here's the funny thing. And I was chatting with Paul on the podcast. So you get to hear me talk about this again. And he laughed at me so hard and you'll, you'll hear it. You'll hear it. But, uh, I, he was saying like, well, that's a nice compliment. I was going, I don't like it. And he goes, what the fuck is wrong with you? Here's, here's what I don't like about it. All right. Is, and as much as I just talked about how I would never want to sleep with somebody, here's the thing. If you say, oh, I would totally fuck you if I wasn't in a relationship, I, there's no way to know whether you're telling the truth or not. You know, again, I don't want like pity compliments because that's, it doesn't necessarily feel like that's what it is because these women looked very confident and serious in what they were saying, but it's just one of those like, oh, I would, I would totally fuck you if I wasn't married. I'm like, nah, I don't know if that's true because you are married and you don't have to stand behind what you're saying, you know, 
I wasn't like, oh, put your fucking money where you're like, I, I'm just saying that like, you could say all sorts of things. Some, oh, I totally give you a, I totally help you move if I wasn't working. You know what I mean? Like, it's easy to say that. Does that make sense? I never said that when I was with Paul. Now I feel like, hey, that would have been a perfect example of what I'm saying. All I'm trying to say is that because you don't have to do it, you have an excuse, doesn't mean that you actually would if that excuse wasn't there. Does that make sense? That's all I'm saying is like, it's easy to say. So thank you for the compliment, but I don't know if it's a real compliment because you don't really have to stand by it. Now, if they were like, hey, you want to come back to my place and have sex tonight? I was like, oh, no, thank you. Then I would go, what a great compliment. You know, what a great compliment. Okay, well, that's a good time to go to the sponsors. <laughs> On that note, um, guys, as always, my sponsors at portablepress.com. <laughs> that whole conversation right down the shitter. Um, I, uh, I was talking about my car. I was actually going to go right from the segue of my car and the custom plates and everything like that into this one. I picked, I love my car. And I'll tell you, the subject of this article is very much loved, but both are not as fast as they could be or need to be. All right. So the article I picked this week is from Uncle John, slightly irregular bathroom reader, and it is an article called Not Exactly Seabiscuit. All right. About a horse that ain't that fast. Excuse me, Jesus. Here's the story of a pokey little horse who has won the hearts of Japanese racing fans by losing every race she enters. So the steed without speed. In the summer of 2003, the owners of a struggling track in Kochi, Japan, were looking for a way to keep from going under. Someone noticed that one of the horses competing in an upcoming race, an eight-year-old named Haru Urura, which is Glorious Spring in Japanese, was just a few races away from losing her hundredth race in a row. Why not try to get some publicity out of it? Uh, they got a local newspaper to do a story on Haru Urura, and the national press picked it up. Until then, she'd been just another unknown loser, but Haru Arura turned out to be just the right horse at just the right time. Japan had been on a losing streak of its own, the economy had been in bad shape far more than a decade, and unemployment was high. And the losing horse that kept on trying was an inspiration to Japanese workers worried about their own economic futures. Attendance at the racetrack soared from an average of 1,600 fans per day to 5,000 on Haru Arura's 100th race. She lost... Uh, 13,000 showed up on her 106th, Japan's top jockey rode her, and she lost again. Never give up. Haru Arura has become the most famous horse in Japan. Fans expect her to lose, but bet on her anyway, just to get a ticket with her name on it. It's considered good luck. So many people place bets on her, in fact, that she's usually favored to win, even though everyone knows she will lose. Like a pro athlete, she endorses products. Uh, she races with a pink Hello Kitty riding mask, appears in beer commercials, has her own line of merchandise, and has been the subject of both a pop song and a major motion, major motion picture. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Um, best of all, she has been saved from the fate of many losing horses, the Slaughterhouse. Her trainer, Dei Munishi, uh, Dai, or maybe Dai, D-A-I, Dai Manoshi has arranged for her to retire to a farm on the northern island of Hokkaido. I don't really know why she's so popular, Manoshi says, but I guess the biggest reason is that the sight of her running with all her heart gives comfort to people's hearts. Uh, and that is uh, not exactly Seabiscuit, I'll tell you right there. And at the bottom, the running feet says, non-dairy creamer is flammable. So how about that shit, guys? My partner's at portablepress.com. Uncle John's fucking bathroom readers. Uh, I got all sorts of shit there, guys. Um, 
And on top of that, I, I do want to plug before I uh, hit the old button for the Absolute Comedy ad. Um, this week in Ottawa, so you're listening to this, this week in Ottawa, you will be able to see my buddy Lamont Ferguson headline. Lamont and I will be sitting down at some point this week and recording a bonus episode, which will be available for you next week. Uh, Paul's is available. Paul Meyerha is available this week. So I want to say guys, Paul Meyerha is still hitting two absolute comedy locations. If you are in the Kingston, Ontario area, he's headlining this week in Kingston. Very funny, worth seeing. Please go see Paul Meyerha. If you're in the Kingston area in the week afterwards, he will be in Toronto. So again, Toronto friends that listen, do not miss Paul Meyerha. Very, very funny. Uh, my Ottawa friends don't miss Lamont. However, uh, Lamont is this week in Ottawa. He will then be in Kingston. And then a few weeks later, he will be in Toronto. So both Paul Meyerha and Lamont Ferguson are available to be seen in the Kingston and Toronto areas. If you're in Ottawa, you haven't missed your chance to see Lamont. Lamont is still here this week. He is headlining this week. He hosted last week. So, uh, having said that guys, um, check out absolutecomedy.ca to find out when they're there. There's always great shows. Absolutecomedy.ca will let you know when and where. Absolute Comedy is the best live stand-up comedy from across North America with locations in Kingston, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario. These comedians have been featured on Just for Laughs, Netflix, Comedy Central, CBC's The Debaters, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Conan, The Comedy Network, and much, much more. Go to absolutecomedy.ca to see this week's lineup. Planning a night out is easy with dinner and show packages available at all locations. Live comedy is a great choice if you're organizing a celebration, fundraiser, company outing, or corporate event. Want the show brought to you? They'll send comedians to your venue with performances tailored to your event, creating a night of laughs your guests will love and won't soon forget. So for showtimes, ticket prices, gift certificates, special shows, and more, head to absolutecomedy.ca. Again, that's absolutecomedy.ca for the best live stand-up comedy from across North America. The sun gives life to the orchard. The orchard gives life to the apple. The apple gives life to Summersby. Summersby is a delicious sweet taste of sunshine imported across the ocean all the way from Denmark. The people in Denmark are smarter, and so are you if you drink Summersby. <laughs> With flavors like apple, blackberry, pear, elderflower lime, red rhubarb, and a taste as regal as this fake accent, there's something for everyone to enjoy. And now you can try them all in the Summersby Mixer Pack, available wherever fine beverages are sold. So go on and try for yourself the crisp, refreshing taste of Summersby. Ah, your taste buds deserve it. Please drink resplendently. Oh, and who am I forgetting, huh? Who am I forgetting? I'm not forgetting them. I am not forgetting them. I came back from Toronto to a shipment of DK books. Oh my God, my partners at DK, Dorland Kindersley are back, motherfuckers. And uh, again, I I love that they love my insanity and that they're cool with me being such a goofball. Uh, right while I'm talking about them and their products. Guys, two books this week. All right, because I uh, I haven't had any for a while. This is a long-ass podcast, so why not take some time with some DK shit right now? Now, I'm going to be giving short little reviews of these guys, see if you're a little more happy with that. Um, the first book that I'm reviewing is uh, Practical Meditation. I read uh, I read this one since I got back. Um, it's, it's really good. Okay, so listen, it's called Practical Meditation, A Simple Step-by-Step -Step Guide. Now, oh. excuse me, Jesus Christ. Uh, 
Again, in the middle of a review for these people that I love, it's like, all right, here's their book. Bleep. All right, back to the, it's like I'm doing fucking chest meditation, deep breathing exercises, getting the demons out, basically. That's what it is. All right, I think meditation, slow breathing. Bleep. See, I'm clearing myself, coming healthier already. Um, this book is really, really cool. I, I read it. Um, so here's the thing. You guys, I, I'm sure you guys are probably like, why? What's with all the health shit lately? Look, all of the the yoga, the breathing. What's really cool about this book too is that they have a, a really a neat uh, Q and A section at the beginning where it's like questions about like, hey, isn't yoga meditation? And it's like aspects of yoga will include meditation, some of them. Um, there's also different types of meditation, quite a few as a matter of fact, and a lot of misconceptions. So uh, the first section that I was reading uh, was called the meditation myth busting. Super, super cool. So just, I wanna, I'm not gonna read the answers. I'm not gonna take up a lot of time, but just to give you a cool, anybody who's listening going, well, I don't give a shit about meditation. So just a heads up, here's some of the questions that they answer. Does meditation really work? Is meditation religious? Uh, is meditation the same as mindfulness? Because I have re uh, reviewed DK's book, My, uh, Happiness the Mindful Way. Mindfulness different. Um, same vein, same path to enlightenment, but different. Are Tai Chi and yoga forms of meditation? Uh, do I need a calm mind in order to meditate? Is meditation difficult? Do I need to stop or empty my mind in meditation? Is meditation all about relaxing and living in the moment? Is there a right or wrong way to meditate? Is deep relaxation and meditation like sleep? Uh, is it self-indulgent to spend time meditating? Is meditation a way to run away from life? With meditation, uh, sorry, will meditation make me slow, apathetic, and passive? How should I choose a meditation technique? Do I need to close my eyes? Do I need to sit in a special posture in order to meditate? Do I need to burn incense, chant Om, and wear special clothes? How long should I meditate for? How often should I meditate? And do I need a meditation teacher? So just as a, that's just the first tiny section. Of course, there's answers to all of those. I'm not going to go through all of them, but they talk about meditation traditions because there's different meditation traditions from all over the world, different types of meditations. Some of them use focus where you focus on an object while you meditate. Some of them use, um, you know, where, where you, they call, call it walking meditation, where you focus on your footsteps and your breathing. Like there's a lot of different types of meditation, uh, Vedantic, Taoist, Sufi, Buddhist and Zen, yogic. Um, there's, there's different types from all over the different world, like our different worlds, all different types from all over the world, the different countries. And they go into, uh, the history, they go into a lot of benefits. So for example, there's brain benefits. They have, um, uh, well-being benefits, some other ones. So again, I'm just gonna give you a couple examples of these because I, I'm not the greatest at summarizing something this vast and, and, uh, you know, um, in depth in a short period of time. So what I can say is I loved reading the different practices, the different types of meditations. This also helps you, you pick your own path for meditation. So it's not like here's the thing that works for everybody. It's when you learn what meditation is and the different benefits that it has, you can pick and choose kind of what, how you want to build your own practice based on what you're looking to do. It's not like you can meditate your way into knowing the fucking stock numbers or something, but it just in terms of being able to focus better or to breathe better or to have less stress, things like that. And less, not none. Right. So just as an example, under the brain benefits, all right, and this is not like a bullet point thing. There's they go into each one of them, but there's better focus, increased creativity, better learning and memory, quicker processing, decreased need for sleep, awareness of the unconscious mind. These are all things that I've been working on. My creativity, my focus, my remembering, 
right? You know, decreased need for sleep. Holy fuck. Would I ever love that? Have a couple more hours in the day. They have well-being, well-being benefits. So like decreased depression, regular, regulates anxiety and mood disorders, boosts emotional intelligence and resilience, increases empathy, improves self-awareness and self-regulation, right? Fosters positive emotions and human connection, stress busting, right? Decreases uh, reactivity to stress, slows aging, fucking meditation slows aging. Huh? Ladies, if you're listening, don't worry about them fucking wrinkle creams. Just meditate a little bit, all right? Shut your fucking yap. Sit the fuck down. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? That'd be a great way to present this book to your wife. Hey, look, I bought you a book. It says, shut the fuck up, sit down. Leave me the fuck alone. Breathe. Just br- relax, all right? I'm just telling you to relax. What the fuck are you getting a knife for? Just... <laughs> It says, uh, reduces symptoms of psychological stress, lowers blood pressure, promotes calmness, calm down. So again, uh, t- talking about some of the stuff that it just mentions very briefly at the top, it is not a religious thing. They're saying that some, uh, meditation practices, you know, may, may be derived from certain religions and stuff like that, but the practice itself does not, um, have any need for religious connotation whatsoever. So you can be spiritual or you can be atheist. It says right in the book, it does not affect it for either one. Um, so it's something you can do. So I, I, I definitely suggest if you are somebody who, ha- you know, knows people that are into meditation, you see that meditation is getting more popular and you might just be like, you know what, what's the big deal that this is a great book to get practical meditation, a simple step-by-step guide. If you want to know more about it, you want to actually start your own practice. This book gives you everything that you need to know, the positions, um, all sorts of different things, meditations for mindfulness, for anxiety, you know, the, the different types they have, they do have a section with the yoga asanas that are, are certain meditation types, but meditation is basically just, you know, controlled breathing, you know, for different ways and different focuses. It gives you things to think about, but this book will start you off and then it will continue to teach you how to grow and get your med- meditation deeper, how to tailor it for yourself and your needs. So practical meditation, a simple step-by-step by, by DK. And then the other book that I'm, that I'm, in, I'm reviewing now, this one I couldn't finish, but it's more of a uh, reference as opposed to a teaching guide. It's, it's a great reference book. It's also, so this is what it's called complete wellness, enjoy long lasting health and well-being with lifestyle strategies and more than 800 easy natural remedies. Also by Neil's Yard Remedies in Red. You're going to love this one because a bunch of this fucking book has uh, essential oils and uh, and different homemade rem- remedies and things like that that you can do. So um, I know Red is a big advocate of uh, essential oils and things like that. I, I This book is big, guys. This is a big one. But there are, uh, there are a lot of natural remedies, but it's not just, you know, oils for, for skin and stuff. Like there's lots of remedies. Um, and then it's no, but it's not all essential oils for the record. There's, there's actual health stuff, you know, um, honeys and, and avocados and things like that. But this book is fucking awesome. I, I can't, I cannot even begin to describe how the pages are laid out with the different applications and things. So you can use like, like, again, a small example will be like cellulite. Cellulite occurs when a fat pushes closer to the skin's surface in uneven patches, resulting in a dimpled orange rind appearance. Cellulite is more orange rind. So not orange rind, but an orange rind appearance. Cellulite is more common in women whose skin is thinner and has a weaker underlying support structure. There you go. In black and white, women are weaker. They're fucking, no, (laughs) 
So there's like herbs, essential oils, food, supplements. So I'll read you the food section. A low carbohydrate, nutrient-dense diet with healthy fats can prevent cellulite from becoming worse. Staying well hydrated with water and herbal tea is also vital to improve skin and support uh, kidney function to remove waste. Seaweeds. Such as wakame and bladder rack are full of nutrients, including antioxidant uh, carotenoids and have excellent detoxifying properties. Use the flakes as seasoning for soups, stir fries, salads, and dressings. Uh, Carotenoids need fats to aid absorption, so eat with healthy fats. Uh, Green tea raises metabolic rates, helping to speed up fat oxidization to reduce the risk of or improve cellulite. So and then it just says next to it, uh, drink three to four cups a day or try adding powdered forms of green tea such as sencha and matcha to bakes, dressings, and soups. So there's all sorts of, again, there's other therapies. So here, let's put it in here. Just as it says lifestyle uh, supplements you can do. So you can do brown seaweed or chromium. So again, like it's not all about essential oils. There's all sorts of really good therapies that you can use in here. Um, and then it says remedy. Here's a section that says remedy says, uh, add one teaspoon, five milliliters of horse chestnut extract to three and a half fluid ounces, hundred milliliters of light base oil or lotion and apply it to the affected area daily. So it'll help. Other therapies are hydrotherapy saunas followed by cold shower or alternating hot and cold sit sits baths, uh, can improve circulation, which in turn boosts skin tone. Deep tissue massage can be beneficial, supporting uh, lymphatic drainage to help minimize the buildup of cellulite. So that's just a small example. This is a fucking 300-page book with all sorts of remedies. Like I said, over 800 motherfucking remedies, bitch. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I uh, the day is catching up with me. I'm getting a little tired. But there's everything from like treatments for gingivitis I'm looking at, uh, hiccups. Huh? What do they say? Let's see what they fucking... No, that's too much shit on a page for hiccups right? Gas and bloating. I wonder what herbs you would take for, for hiccups. Ginger is carminative, anti-spasmodic and anti-inflammatory working to calm and relax the gut. Uh, Avoid with peptic ulcers and uh, gallstones. Infuse a, a little thinly sliced ginger root in six fluid ounces of boiling water and drink every two hours. And that's going to get rid of hiccups. Are we still looking at gas and bloating here? Um, anyways, yeah, I think every page has its own thing on it. So it's, it's very cool. Yeah. Indigestion, nausea, upstick, stomach, diarrhea, food poisoning. There's cinnamon. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I don't know. Fuck red. I'm going to show you the goddamn book. Can't wait to get your angry email. (laughs) There's uh, it's really cool. There's sections on like how to make syrups and stuff like that. Like not every thing in the book is just a page on stuff, but you know, deals with immunities and intolerances. There's salads and things like that for things. There's thyroid problem, cancer support. Like there's a lot of stuff in here. All right. And in case you're wondering, I'll tell you what, Red, uh, you like, she's probably thinking like, what's, what's this guy's deal with all the fucking natural things. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I want to become a doctor. Um, a witch doctor. I want to, I want to move into the woods and I want to meditate and I want to slit goats and chickens with their blood. I want to dress up. I got the fucking gut for it already. Right. Do a little fucking jiggly fat dance around a fire in the middle of the woods, trying to heal people with what nature intended, right? Goat's blood, uh, whatever I can find the trees, right? Rub a couple sticks together with the leaves, make some essential oils. That's all. This is just, this is just helping me be, uh, refined. I want to, I want to show up with my witch doctor PhD 
by the time I'm done. Um, no, I think it's a fucking awesome book and I'm, I'm super glad to have it in my collection. I can't wait to go into it with a little bit more in depth. It is called Complete Wellness. Enjoy long-lasting health and well-being with lifestyle strategies and more than 800 easy natural remedies. Kaboom. My partner's at DK... Uh, DK Dorling Kindersley. I was trying to think DK and I went into their website name. Uh, DK.com slash CA in Canada. DK.com in the US. And of course, just Google DK books wherever else you are. Days International, motherfuckers. And they make amazing books. Practical Meditation and Complete Wellness. Those are the books that I have for you guys this week. And having said that... Uh, this week I got coming up, I was kind of hoping to go see Hellfest with somebody tonight. Uh, it's, it's now October. A good friend of mine, uh, posted that he is going to be watching a scary movie. Jesus. Every single month. I got hiccups. I should have read that fucking page. Um, you know, it was right there in front of me. What would you do if you were in my shoes right now? You had the hiccups. It's a very major problem and you don't have complete wellness. What are you going to do? Huh? Go get complete wellness. Um, <laughs> I want to go see a uh, Hellfest. It's a movie where like, it's basically like a theme park that, that, that scares the shit out of you or whatever for, for Halloween or something. And then there's a real killer there and people run around going, you know, how am I supposed to, you guys, someone scared you, you know, you're the security's like someone scared you it's Hellfest. You know, you want me to arrest someone for doing their job, blah, 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 blah. But of course, a bunch of people going to die. Um, it's getting like 50% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is for horror movies is not half bad. So wouldn't mind seeing that tonight. It's Tuesday, cheap movie night, you know, maybe I'll talk about that next week. Let you guys know whether or not you should go this week. Uh, all I've got on the calendar is a bunch of, uh, Uber and some samplings this weekend. Um, I am going to be hanging out with my, uh, my good friend, Aaron. Um, Aaron has invited me. That's not my brother, Aaron, another Aaron. Um, he invited me to Thanksgiving, uh, with his family last year, which was amazing. Um, I think my family had plans or whatever. <laughs> it sounds so funny. Like, my family, you know, my family didn't have me for Thanksgiving because they had plans. I just, I, my family did not have any sort of dinner plans figured out for Thanksgiving. And my buddy Aaron was like, Hey, I'm having dinner and I'd love to invite you. I was like, dude, I hadn't, I hadn't said that I didn't have plans or anything like that. This was just a, a buddy of mine reaching out saying, Hey, we're having Thanksgiving dinner. Would you like to come? Amazing. And I didn't have plans. That was the sweetest thing. I didn't, I had a, a nice Thanksgiving dinner last year. Uh, cause my, my friend, that was, that was fucking heartwarming. Um, and of course we had a great time. So I would imagine now he's just, now he's just having me back. Cause I'm amazing. All right. Cause we had a fucking ball. Uh, <laughs> so I'm doing that on Saturday with my friend. He invited me to Thanksgiving again. And I had a great time with him and his family. I, I would love to attend again. Um, I got, uh, that Paul, Bo Paul Meyerhoff bonus episode for you guys on Friday. Listen to that one. In, in terms of the interviews I've been doing lately, I'm not shitting on any of them, but I have not, um, I've not been loving how they've gone. I feel like, again, I, I enjoy talking with my friends, but sometimes I feel entertainment wise. They're not always the greatest. Um, I think this interview with Paul is, uh, it's interesting and it's funny. Like we, we get each other cracking up pretty fucking hard. Uh, a few times, you know, I, I don't know. I, I honestly can't remember the last time I have laughed that much in an interview. So, um, I, he was killing me all week at the shows. He's so funny. And we had a great time in the interview. Please listen to Paul's. Uh, I can't wait to do my interview later this week with Lamont Ferguson. I know that's going to be a great one too. Lamont has opened for fuck, uh, George Carlin, uh, George Lopez. Um, uh, who else? Uh, Bill Cosby. There was another one that, that, that I, oh, uh, Steve Harvey, like he's fucking, he's great. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a great week. I'm, I know I'll be sitting down with him probably Thursday. I'll sit down with Lamont and record it, but you guys will get it a little bit later. You'll get it next week instead of this week. So, um, just thanks for being, uh, thanks for, for listening as always guys. I really do appreciate it. Um, 
If you want to send me an email, send me an email to contact at onemanpodcast.com. I always love reading them. And guess what? I got a fucking email this week. It's been a while. No DK books for a while. No emails. You guys were getting off the fucking hook light. You know, this podcast would be me just being boring for a while, but no, now it's, uh, now it's book talk and, uh, someone else gets to bore you with their email. You know, my buddy, Chris writes in Chris writes, Hey Josh, it's been a while. So I thought I'd update you on what's going on with my life. Uh, as you're reading this, I have 17 days until I move back to civilization. That's right. I'm moving back to Ottawa, Canada South. It's been a long ass process that had me and my family living with my in-laws for eight horrific months, but we made it. Uh, I have a new job lined up in Canada that I'm pretty excited about. I'll still be landscaping, but for a whole lot more money. What else? Uh, oh, I've been making a ton of shit out of paracord bracelets, key fobs, a sling for a rifle. It's all part. I didn't know you had rifles. Um, it's all part of me losing my fucking mind this summer. If you check my Instagram, you'll see some of those, some of my projects. I don't know my handle offhand. So good luck finding me if any listeners are interested. Well, why don't I do that right now? Before moving on, uh, I will actually on the air, look at your stupid Instagram, stupid. That was rude. I'm going to look at your Instagram and see if either, uh, any of your pictures are worth looking at. So Chris, there you are. Your talk underscore Chris. That's what you are. T O C K underscore C H R I S. You might get an influx of that. So it looks like uh gimp bracelets is what it looks like. Is it called paracord now? Like that plastic stuff that you would weave shit with. Oh, those are not bad. You got, you got, uh, yeah, it looks like you are basically getting ready to open up a stand in a flea market is what I understand. I've only, I'm only seen two pictures here that definitely looks like gimp at the top, but you said it's paracord. So it's basically a cord version of gimp. That's how I'm describing it. You're going to need to add more pictures, buddy. Cause I'm not seeing, I ain't seeing a whole hell of a lot here. It does look nice though. It's very artsy. Um, so yeah, you guys can check out, uh, Chris's shit. I'm not posting it. I have enough stuff to post this week. So yeah, cool dude. I'm, uh, I'm glad that uh, you're keeping busy with that stuff. So what else we got here? Um, while I'm on the subject of being crafty, I'm just about finished something I'm pretty proud of. I've made an end table out of white Oak for my new house and it looks sexy and weighs a fucking ton. It's the first time I've attempted something like this. I'll post pics on Instagram once it's complete, or you can see it in person when you visit me at my new house. Several episodes ago, you wanted a new name to describe the hobby of ours. You were saying board games was confusing to some people when the game you were playing had no board at all. How about tabletop games? Uh, to hardcore nerds, this term generally refers to miniature games such as Warhammer. So this may not work either. Yeah, I, I don't want anyone to be like, hey, you want to play some tabletop games? They'll be like, uh, go fuck, fuck yourself, nerd. <laughs> right. Because that's what I think of. I think I, myself, like I don't play the ones with the miniatures. There's a few of them that I got that have miniatures. I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. But they're just like, instead of the regular move, the token, it's just move this miniature. But the ones that, yeah, the ones where it's like several miniatures and you're paying it, it, that's, I think that's maybe, maybe where I get off when it's got dozens of miniatures. If there's like five or six, I can, I can handle that, you know, but when there's a shitload. I, I can't, it's too much, too much keeping track, too much visual for me. You know, if I want something with a thousand moving pieces, I'll just play a video game. You know, at that point it's, it's too much, too much mess to clean up too. Anyways, um, to hard curtainers, blah, blah, blah. So how about activities for the socially awkward? I'll keep thinking about it. Yeah, please do. 
Um, I had an idea for a video game. Well, not so much an idea as a theme to build a game around. It revolves around flashlights. You start with the light on your cell phone and collect more powerful flashlights as the game progresses. I don't want it to be a horror game. I was thinking more of a suspense game that involves nature more than the supernatural. Wolves and bears rather than monsters. Uh, as far as your content is concerned, the only thing worth updating is the absolute comedy commercial. It's lacking when compared to the Summersby ad. Other than that, it's all wonderful. Uh, I believe those are all my thoughts I have for now. Take care, buddy. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate that. And yeah, um, I don't, so, so here's the thing. Um, I'll, I'll share this with you guys. I have, uh, in terms of my partners, um, my, my sort of deals and things with each one of them is different and I don't want to, you know, go out of my way to, to say too much, but. I will be, um, again, just so I don't want, you know, the, the deals I have with each one there, everyone's happy with it. So there's no need to say, Hey, this is what one person's getting. This is what the other person's getting. Whatever is not all of them are, are monetary. And I have been, um, I've been considering very strongly with getting rid of some of the, the, the partners, um, uh, not to name anybody, you know, I, 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 it's difficult because even if I say, ah, I'm getting rid of some, and then in a few weeks, I mean, I'm basically planning on thinning out, uh, you know, taking a little bit of it back only because some, some of them are not quite as frequent holding up their end. Like I said, not everything is monetary, you know, if there was just a check didn't show up, I'd be like, Hey, where's the fucking check? but it's different. Sometimes it's stuff that we're getting and you know, and then there's, then there's issues with, uh, supplies and when things are available and you can go ahead and write your own thoughts just based on recent activity. And I can tell you right now, you'll be wrong. But, um, all I can say is that, um, I don't, I don't really want to have more than like, you know, three or four advertisements slash sponsors per episode. I'm not, cause I can, I could very quickly just get, you know, deals on things around the city and have, you know, the one man advertisement podcast, you know, I, I don't want that. I, I like having the partners that I have. I absolutely, you guys know that, that DK is my favorite child by, by and large, <laughs> but I, I have other partners that I, that I absolutely love too. And, um, yeah. So before I go updating that and trying to make that more interesting, I want to make sure that, um, you know, everyone's going to still be here. So like I said, that's why I ask you guys, you know, which parts of the show do you really like and which parts do you not? Because in terms of some of my, my partners, there's reviews and shit. And, uh, and I can tell you this right now, if anyone has any issue with the DK reviews, they ain't going nowhere. No fucking whip, buddy. The only reason I know anything is because I got the books from them. All right. They give me some brain food every week. Um, but aside from that, like I said, uh, you know, some of the partners, um, you know, I, I appreciate, uh, I appreciate, you know, them being here and whatnot, but, uh, you know, at some point I gotta, I gotta figure out, you know, if I'm only going to have three or four, what are the important ones? Um, because I'd like to go out and, and shake hands with some other businesses and work on some stuff and, you know, get more people who are real passionate about uh, being a part of it. Um, so yeah, blah, blah, blah. That's my story. So guys contact at one man Remember I asked you, what would you put on a license plate? What would you find as an interesting license plate for your vehicle or, or something that expresses you? What do you think I should have got again? Uh, assuming it's available, a lot of good shit is not available, but I got RD space comic is the license plate that I got. I'm super excited about that. Um, so yeah, come and, uh, you know, come at me, come at me tell me some of your ideas. Um, or just tell me what's going on with your life. I love what Chris did here. Just, just give me an update about what's going on with him. And what's cool with that is Chris is friends with a lot of listeners here on the podcast. So everybody gets to find out what Chris is doing. It's not just for me. You know, if you've never written into the podcast before, write in, let me know how things go on. Brent, I want to hear how your shit's going, buddy. I, I appreciate the fact that you gave me a shout out on Facebook. Why not, uh, 
Why not send an email in, my friend? Send an email in and just just say, hey, what's going on with you? What else is going on in your life? You know, tell me more about the man from out west, you know? And all my listeners, I got a shitload of listeners. Write in, guys, just anything. I don't give a shit. Let's just get some stuff going. That gets you excited about being a part of the episode as well, you know? So uh, thank you to the sponsors, portablepress.com, absolutecomedy.ca, summersbdk.com slash CA. Um, we're One Man Podcast is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, eventually I'll start posting more episodes back up on YouTube. Um, and if, again, guys, if you're listening to this on Facebook for some reason, um, subscribe on uh, on one of the many, many podcast uh, applications out there. Uh, you know, I'd really appreciate it if you guys are there. It helps the numbers so we can see all the downloads. The downloads are going up like crazy. Really appreciate everyone who's listening. Um, and yeah, if you need help, right? If you're listening to this on Facebook, you're like, well, I don't know how to do it. Just send me a message on Facebook. Say, Josh, I'd love to, love to, you know, have the podcast on my phone or whatever. I know it's free. Uh, how do I do it? I'm happy to walk you through it. All right. I want to be a part of your week just as much as you want me to be a part of that week. So um, let me know. I'll help you out. And of course, if you're already subscribed and stuff like that, guys, just take two seconds, give it a five-star, uh, you know, review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you could just put, you know, a, a little re- word written review, awesome. Love it. Something like that. It just helps the podcast get seen by more. This is my little, this is my little, you know, shaking a cup at you at the end of the show. So I really appreciate you guys being here every single week. Um, I hope this episode was fun. We had some fun stories. If I did not tell that Montreal car story in the snowstorm, fucking let me know and I'll tell the whole thing. Um, I'll talk to you guys next week. Have so much fun. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>